the book of Ephesians. We've been in a series now for a number of months. Anybody know what the name of our series is? Everybody say, Better Together. There it is on the screen. And uh, one of the things that we did, we began at the beginning of the year with what I call a theme verse. This is a verse of scripture. I'm really praying that God gets in our heart and will begin to form in us as a church. We're coming out of Ephesians 2 in verse 19. We'll bring that up on the screen. In our custom, we read this together. So are you ready to do that? This is out of the New Living Translation. Let's all read it in unison. One, two, three, go. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are our members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And I want you to turn to chapter 5 of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. Can you believe it? We're almost through the entire book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look together at verse 15 now. And this is what it says. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means wisely or carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, as vain, empty living or wickedness, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wow, let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word. Lord, I, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is light and it is life and it is correction and instruction. And Lord, I just ask that even as your word comes forward today, that it would accomplish that which you have purposed for it too. That God, for those of us that need cutting on, for those of us who need building and esteeming, Lord, uh, whatever we need done, we, we just say we yield to your word. And so Lord, I just pray that there would be a great anointing that would rest on upon me that I would preach under the unction and inspiration of your Holy Spirit and let there be an anointing that rests upon every person within the sound of my voice let us have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart and a mind that perceives what your spirit is speaking today and we thank you for the liberty of your word in Jesus name and everybody say amen, amen. you may be seated so I have a thesis I, I try and do this one of my mentors had taught me that uh, every sermon should try, we should try and be able to summarize it in one sentence. And so here is my one sentence summary. Are you ready? We have one life to live, so live on purpose. We have one life to live, so live on purpose. How many lives do you have to live? One life. One life. And so how are we going to live? On purpose. Everybody say on purpose. 
We're going to live intentionally. And this is the reason why. I, I think many of us, I was, I was talking with my brother. We love talking revival and Bible and history and all this. And, and one of the things that I noticed is I was reading... Uh, I've been reading a lot of these revivalists. You know, I'm, I think when I'm done with Ephesians, I'm going to do a series on revival and some of the great moves of God. And uh, as powerful as some of that ministry has been in times past, one thing that is a little discouraging is you can look and you can see some of these uh, mighty men, mighty women of God, whom the Lord used profoundly, casting out demons, seeing the sick healed, uh, tent meetings, thousands coming to the Lord, touching nations. I mean, we know the stories. But what's tragic is you read and some of these guys died because they were alcoholics. Some of these destroyed two and three of their own marriages. Uh, you know, And you look on and on. And I've just determined, I don't know if anybody's with me, I'm going to live my life the way the Lord has intended it to. And I'm going to finish the race well. I, I look and I admire people like Billy Graham, you know, in his 90s. And, and he effectively ran his race. Not one scandal, not one, not one uh, uh, thing that was attached to his name. I look at individuals like, uh, like Oral Roberts. He finished his race well. And we are going to be some of those people. Amen? The way we end is very important. I was thinking about, now my brother, he's, he was a great football player, maybe still is a great football player. I was a football player, but I wasn't a great football player. I was like always second string, maybe third string, I don't know. And so, uh, you know, I wasn't a great football player, but I have one memory that is just like cemented in my mind. We were in the last game, if we win this game, now I was a junior in high school at this point in time. My brother, he made it to college football and stuff. I, I was in high school. This is my last year because this is severely disappointing. And let me tell you the story. What happened is uh, we are one game. We win the game, we go to state. We lose the game, we're out. We are in. I mean, this is like one of those, you know, sports movies. Like, we're in, we're on defense. The, 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 the offense is getting ready to come. We've got like a minute and a half left in the game. We've got two downs left. And I'm like, we're, we're tied up. They either score, we shut them down, we've got an opportunity, you know, whatever. And so I'm just like, we're, we're, we're right at the end of this thing. And so I was playing linebacker at that moment. Uh, and again, I'm like second string. I did not make the game-winning, you know, plays ever. I never did that kind of thing. But I'll never forget this moment. I'm here, and I remember watching the quarterback hand off the ball. The, the halfback comes running around, and he's like, this is my guy. Like, I knew. This is my opportunity. I'm going to go. And I remember, this is third down now. I go, and I dive for this guy. And my arm barely catches his foot as it's coming. I mean, I'm watching this thing like in slow motion. You ever have these moments where it's like, oh, every moment I remember. And my arm like right here just caught his foot as it was coming forward. I ended up tripping him. We got the down and I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm, I, I helped us one step closer, right? And so I'm like, I shut down the play. He didn't make a touchdown. The very next play, quarterback passes the ball, wide receiver catches it. They get a touchdown. We lose the game. Now, here's the challenge. I'm still like so amped, I don't know, hyped. I mean, I'm just like, I made a great tackle, but nobody on the team cares because we lost the game. And the point of my 
sad football story is the way we end is very important, you understand. You can have a great moment, a great victory, but if you lose at the end of the day, it's all forfeit. It's all forfeit. I remember reading a, a quote, and it haunts me to this very day, on the tombstone of Leonard Ravenhill, the great revivalist. He said, are the things that you're living for worth Christ dying for? Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? So again, I'll say we have one life to live, and so let's live that life on purpose. And this is what our Ephesians text is dealing with. He says in verse 15, I'm just going to take it verse by verse. He says, uh, see that you walk uh, circumspectly, carefully, walk intentionally, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're not going to live and walk foolishly, but we're going to live our lives wisely. And I love that phrase, redeeming the time. I don't know about you, but man, when I got saved, I had this awareness that I'd wasted the last two decades of my life. I hadn't lived for Jesus, and so I didn't feel condemned over that. I had somebody had quoted me uh, uh, out of the the book of Joel. Uh, He said that the Lord will restore the years that the locust is eaten, and so I knew that the enemy had devoured years of my life, but I had determined, you know what, God, you said that you would restore those years that were stolen from me, so from this day forward, I'm going to live for you, and since that time, I have been redeeming the time. Everybody say, redeeming the time. And so it doesn't matter. Maybe you're 18 here today. Maybe you're 80 and you're just learning how to get on track with God. Let's let's be a people that redeem the time. How do we do that? Well, are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? That quote, that quote really haunts me. I think about Judgment Day. I don't know if you, do you ever think about Judgment Day? You, You probably should. When my works are tested, when I stand before God, what will remain? What is my legacy? Do my children love the Lord? Did the ministry I labored in, did it impact? Are there people in heaven that are there with me? Uh, I think it's good to ask ask ourselves those kinds of questions. How can we live wisely? And if you're taking notes, this is the first thing I want you to write down. Very simply, ask for wisdom. He said, don't live as fools, but live wisely. Well, how are we going to do that? Ask for it. We've all heard James 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask a God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. He wants us to have wisdom. In fact, one of the things, and I, I'm going to teach you a new Hebrew word, and this is a very important. I got this from... Uh, Dr. Michael Brown years ago when I first got saved and uh, and it, it really challenged me Proverbs nineteen twenty. it says listen to counsel receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days that you may be wise in your latter days that word latter days is the Hebrew word acharit okay yeah okay I hear some of you try let's all try and say it together everybody say acharit yeah, you got to get the... COVID's over, so don't worry. You can spit on your neighbor a little bit. Acharit. Everybody say acharit. 
There you go. That is the, the, the Hebrew word for latter days. But, but it's very interesting. You'll see this is a major theme throughout Proverbs. Thirteen times this word is used in the book of Proverbs. But it's not just give me wisdom. What it's actually saying is Solomon here, he's praying, I pray that God would give you the wisdom and experience of an old man today. Praying that, you know, talk to, have you ever talked to somebody who's like, you know, they've been married 50, 60 years? And you, and you say, what would you do different? Or what are some mistakes that you made? And they can tell you, well, I would do this differently and that differently. You know, that's wisdom. That's experience that is speaking to you. And if we are wise, boy, we would do well to take some of those lessons and say, you know what? I'm going to live with that wisdom right now. I'm not going to wait till I'm old and until I've made those same mistakes. And uh, Lord, I pray my kids don't have to make the same decisions that I did. They can receive of my wisdom and my experience. I ask pastors all the time, if you could do something different in your young early ministry, what would you do differently? And I try and take those things. It's God giving us experience, give us perspective of age and experience Today, right now. now. The reason that sticks with me is I, I heard a story and it is, is, is quite intense. There was a, a businessman in New York City, multimillionaire. And what ends up happening is there was a group of individuals associated with the mafia. They identified this businessman and said, you know, we, we want to hold this guy for ransom. And so the way that they did that is... They knew that very often after work, this guy would frequent the very same bar, go to the same area. And so they found a, a young woman, beautiful woman, and she was going to be kind of the trap for him. So she dresses nicely, she meets him in the bar, approaches him, and gives him a proposition. You can spend the night with me, no strings attached, I'll ask nothing of you, you know, you, whatever. And so uh, I'm not going to try and say anything more. Don't use your imagination too much on that. But this is how she propositioned him. He accepts that invitation. They end up going. And when he shows up at this hotel, they, uh, he, he goes into the room. And not only is that woman there, but there's about five or six other men there. They grab him. They tie him up. They stuff a bag over his head, they throw him into the trunk of car, the, tr the car, and they drive him to an abandoned part of the city. They begin to abuse him, they begin to burn him with cigarettes, they sodomize him, they abuse him horribly, and after five days, they call his wife and say, we're holding him ransom, I believe the number was five million dollars. Bring us five million dollars, bring it to this location at this time. And as the woman... As his wife had received and collected the money and was on her way to the locations, these guys got so outrageous in their abuses towards this man, they end up killing him. And this was headline news in, 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 in New York and uh, in newspapers all across the nation. I mean, it's a true story. And you just imagine if this man would have had Acharit. If he would have known, if I go down this road, this is where it's going to end me. Boy, that seductive moment, he would have turned and he would have ran away from that thing so quickly. But he didn't have wisdom. He lived and operated as a fool and it cost him his life. It cost him everything.
This is where I know that's an intense example, but I bet you're going to remember Acharit now, won't you? We pray, God, give me wisdom. Not just the wisdom to avoid sin, but God, give me wisdom to live my life in a way that matters in the light of eternity. God, let me live in a way that, that, that my marriage will prosper, that my kids will love you, that my church will thrive, that I've got people that are coming with me in heaven. God, give me your wisdom. We need to ask the Lord for this. Verse 17, he says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So how are we going to walk wisely? Well, the second thing is, if you're taking notes, understand God has a will for your life. This is very simple, but I'm, gonna, I'm trying to give you some keys. How are we going to live lives that, that matter in the light of eternity? How are we going to live our lives on purpose? You know, my goal as a pastor is very simple. I want to help you look good on Judgment Day. That's my mission. That's my assignment is to make you. If you listen to the words of this pastor, you're going to start praying for wisdom. We're going to seek the will of God. And I got one more that I'm going to give you before our time is done. You do these things, you're going to look good on Judgment Day. That's my goal. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16 says that God has a book of remembrance. Well, that's interesting. You know, one thing that I think would be good for all of us is at the end of the day, maybe you have a prayer time, a quiet time at the end of the day. Maybe you pray before you go to bed. Why don't you try and ask of the Lord sometime? God, you have a book of remembrance. What did you write down about my life today? You think about that. Is there anything significant that the Lord wrote down for your life today? Now, we're still early in the day. And by the way, I, don't want to, I hope you don't walk out of this feeling condemned because we're redeeming the time. You may have blown it yesterday. You may have blown it last week. Maybe you've wasted a lot of years of your life. But we can redeem the time today. Lord, you probably don't got nothing in your book of remembrance. But I'm starting today. We're going to get some good stuff written down in that book. I want to look good on Judgment Day. Amen? And so, we, uh, so we're going we're gonna to seek the will of the Lord. And I love, uh, you know, in fact, I wrote, uh, I've got a book that's sitting back there on that table I wrote called God's Will. And on the back it says, don't be stupid. You want to know why? It comes from this verse right here. Do not be unwise. But the, the literal translation of that word is a harsh word. Uh, don't, be, don't be stupid. Know what God's will is. I really think, it, it frustrates me when I meet people. They've been sitting in the same place for five years. I just don't know what God wants me to do with, your, with my life. Bro, there is so much in the book i i've got enough for you to do if you're struggling to know something you can do for the lord just come hey let me introduce you to my wife she can keep you very busy for a time and season and here's what i've discovered you begin moving towards something the lord will direct if you're moving towards the wrong thing god's gonna steer you but it's very hard to move a vehicle that's sitting stationary so let's do something you can know the will of, of the Lord. I, I want to give you some bullet points that I shared in my book. Let me just tell you, there's, there's five things that the Bible says, this is the will of God. First Timothy 3, 2 says, God wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Everybody say saved. 
you can know for sure it is God's will that you be saved. Second, he said it's the will of God. This is the will of God. This is 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. And he goes on to list a a whole lot of sins in that that place. Uh, So, sanctification. We're going to pursue holiness. We're going to look more and more like Jesus. Stop sinning. In fact, you know, I... One of my favorite quotes, I told Leah this last night, I think I might have offended her, but I said, uh, you know, everything happens, no, I didn't offend her, but I don't know, I don't know why I said that, I'm sorry, that offended her, so (laughs) don't be stupid, no, that's, uh, that was towards me, anyway, here we go, my quote is, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes that reason is you're stupid and you make terrible decisions. No, she wasn't making bad decisions. It's probably me. I don't know. So, but we're going to, I need to move on. We're going to edit that whole part out of the, out of the message online. Let me encourage all you preachers and soon to be, you're not going to nail every one of them. Okay. All right, <laughs> so God wills we be saved. He wills that we be sanctified. First uh, Peter two thirteen says, "This is the will of God that you submit to authority for the Lord's sake." So He wills that we be submissive. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me as an authority, as a pastor. Hey, what should I do in this situation? And they go and do the opposite thing, and it ends poorly for them. And then they're all confused. Why is God doing this to me? You're not doing the will of God. We need to be submitted to right authority. I'm submitted to right authority. When Dr. Morocco says, no, we're not doing that, we're doing this. When Pastor Josh says, no, we're not doing that, we're doing this. I say, yes, sir. Because I'm rightly submitted to authority. Everybody say, submit. First uh, Peter 2, 20 says, uh, when you do good and suffer, this is the will of God. Oh, praise God. You, you know what part of the will of God is? Lord, I'm willing to do anything for you, even if I suffer. I'm willing to go anywhere for you, even if it means I suffer. Now, let me tell you a good story. This will redeem uh, my, my wife here. I told my wife as we were, as we were engaged in preparing, you know, I told her, if we're going to be married, you need to be willing to give birth on a dirt floor in a hut in Africa. And I was serious. This was not a joke because I, I, I've always felt this missions and evangelism call. And, uh, and so I'm like, I was very serious. And she said, okay. And she also was serious. Now, God's been gracious. Both of our children were born in hospitals, nice hospitals. Hallelujah. But, uh, but we have always been, from the moment we got married and started going after God, we're like, Lord, we'll do anything, even if it means that we suffer. If I end up dying a martyr, praise God, we're going, to be, we're going to be celebrated in heaven. It's going to be a wonderful thing. So we not, must be willing. So we're going to be saved and sanctified. We're going to submit to authority. We're willing to suffer. And, and here's, the, here's the, the last one. Is that um, um, verse 18, I'll, I'll just give it to you. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you're looking for an S point on that, is, uh, is spirit filled. We need to be spirit-filled. That's the, the last part of knowing the will of God, but it's also my third main point for today. We're going to ask for wisdom. We're going to know the will of God. 
And we're going to be spirit-filled. We're going to be a spirit-filled people. Amen? Now, in verse uh, 18, this is what it says. Do not be drunk with wine, for which is dissipation. And again, I said that's vain living, that's wickedness. But be filled with the Spirit. Everybody say, be filled with the Spirit. This is, a, man, this is something that we need to seek for every day of our lives. And I want you to understand something. When it says, don't be drunk with wine, this is dissipation. This is not a, a blanket condemnation against all alcohol. He highlights drunkenness, which is a sin. You know, you know there's a reason they call hard drinks spirits. There's a reason that when police pull you over, they, they say you're under the influence We need to be mindful of the things that are influencing our minds and our actions. I mean, I don't even, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you can, we could go around this room and tell stories of foolish decisions that we made under the influence. That we never would have made unless we'd been under, if we hadn't been under the influence. Am I, am I telling the truth anybody? Okay. And so... That's, that's, you know, drunkenness. We're not doing that. We're not going there. But what they were dealing with here, Paul was dealing with something very uh, specific. The Greeks had a tradition, and we've talked about the religious system that they had in Ephesus, uh, the temple of Artemis, uh, Diana worship, and all of this. Their worship was what they called a symposium. It was a Greek tradition of worship. Uh, um, they held drinking parties. They had drunken orgies. And they would sing songs of adoration to Artemis, to Diana, to their pagan gods. And this is how they would seek spiritual experiences. And so you'll, you'll notice why Paul takes jabs at all of, these, all of these things. He talks about, don't worship this way, worship this way. Don't drink this way, drink this way. Don't sleep, like, you know, sleep around like this. No, this is how we're to conduct ourselves. And he's, he's correcting all of these things that were very common in their culture. And so Paul is saying, listen, the way that people worship around here, we're not doing that. That's dissipation. That's wickedness. What we're going to do is be filled with the Spirit. And this is, by the way, an ongoing process. When you look at the the, the phrase there, as it's translated, to be filled with the Spirit, it's an ongoing process. Literally, the translation could read, be being filled. It's a continual. We're constantly seeking. We're always going after God. Uh, You'll talk to some people. In fact, you you should do this as a good exercise. Tell Tell me a testimony. Tell me what God's doing in your life. Now, I get worried when people go back 20 years, and that's the only testimony they got. I tell my 20 year ago testimony too. But I got a testimony from last Wednesday when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. In fact, today, this morning, all morning I've been praying, Lord, fill me afresh, baptize me afresh. That's how we were praying in our morning prayer meeting. I'm seeking to be filled every day. I'll tell you, even from the beginning of worship, we're singing that, what was our first song we were singing? I thank God. Oh, I was getting touched by the Holy Ghost. I mean, I just felt, one of these days I might just run around the room and just, I don't know. I mean, I felt like, why? Because I'm, I'm seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to have, if you want to live your life on purpose, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, well, pastor, do you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? 
Listen, you need the Holy Ghost to be able to go to Walmart. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need the anointing. Now, what I love here is Paul gives us a very simple way, and we're going we're gonna to practice this actually this morning. This is how we can be filled with the Spirit. He says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now that's speaking to one another. That's indicating there's a public format in which we encourage one another. We speak. Uh, how many of you are getting encouraged even here in the Word of God today? How many of you encourage in the worship, uh, you know, when we pray for one another? I mean, these are these moments. So we come together and it's part of how we get filled. It's part of how we stay encouraged. It's part of how we're going to accomplish what God desires us to do. But then he says with psalms. Now, psalms in this passage is actually talking about Old Testament psalms and putting it to music. And it's wonderful. I love when, I'm, when we're singing a song. In fact, I was able to come up during our healing time today because... What, that, what we were singing, what we were declaring was quoted directly from David in the Psalms. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in God. We've taken a psalm and we've put it to music and we're singing it and it encourages us and it opens opportunity for prayer. That's Psalms. Hymns. Now, hymns, again, this is the New King James. Uh, other translations might modernize it, but hymns are literally contemporary spiritual songs and so uh yeah like you know whatever you pick out your favorite contemporary christian guy i still find myself going back in time you know the older i get and i'm not old but the older i get the more i understand why some of our senior saints would cry out can we just sing that old hymn can we just sing that old song and uh you know, the older I get, because my heart goes back to the moments when I first got saved. And so I'm like, you know, 2004, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand. I'm like, I sing that song. Oh, I just, I get all, you know, weepy and just why? Because that's when I was falling in love with Jesus. It reminds me, it takes me back to my first love. And so, uh, and so we sing spiritual songs. Uh, uh, in fact, that's the next one there is spiritual songs, spiritual songs. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, I'll pray with my spirit. I'll pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit and I will sing with my understanding. You know, singing with the spirit is actually singing in tongues. We sing with our understanding songs that, you know, we communicate and we understand and we, we see the word. But singing with our spirit is when we literally allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us and we, and we operate. Worship team, would you guys come? We're going we're gonna to practice this. Uh, I encourage this often. We, we did this even this morning for a bit. Why? Do you understand that when we begin to worship God, whether it's with traditional songs or contemporary worship, or we begin to sing in the Spirit, these are moments where the Holy Spirit can fill us, where He begins to encourage us. He begins to uh, anoint us afresh. Now, this is a cool one. I we got to pray for this to come upon our, our musicians. That last word that he uses, making melody. It's a, an interesting Greek word. It literally means to pluck. And most people think that this is actually talking about 
a melody with a stringed instrument, just simply playing music. So he gives us four ways that we can, that we can worship with hymns and songs and spiritual songs, making melody, literally playing music, and the Holy Spirit fills. Could you imagine, guys, if uh, we have moments where someone just starts playing the guitar? Or begins to play the piano. Piano's a stringed instrument. You know, you begin to play. Or maybe Minister Rylan starts playing the bass guitar. And people just start getting filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what he said. Be filled with the Spirit. Here's how. Bam, 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 bam. One of them is making melody. Wow. One thing that's important, and, I, and we're not going to do this part, but it said... Uh, it says we make melody in our hearts. So there's a public expression of all these things, but there's also a private expression. You understand, I can compliment and brag on my wife, and I can love on her, and we can hold hands, and I can talk about how wonderful she is. But if I ignore her every time we're alone, if I never honor her, if I never love her, when it's just the two of us she's gonna know that my public affection is false the very least she'll question it and if we don't have a private prayer or worship life what does that say about our public affection our public displays make sure it's in your heart come on I want to stand and we're just gonna we're going to sing and we're going to make melody for the last few moments that we're here together. Come on, Holy Spirit. He's going to fill you right now. Just begin to lift up your voice. Songs and spiritual songs to the Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, come on, sing a new song to the Lord. Yadamaso Korane Siki Yadamasa. Oh, we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. Yadamaso Koramanda Shabakiti Yadamando. Oh, we welcome you, Lord. Oh, we
just, I, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice. Lord, we need your help. You said we could ask for wisdom and you would give it. You have it in abundance and we need it. Show us our latter days. Give us that acharit. Give us that wisdom today to see what's coming down the road. Give us perspective today, right now, Lord. We ask you to help us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us about your will and your desire for our lives. Don't let a single person who comes within the realm of this ministry be confused about your call or be confused about what you desire them to do. Speak to us about your will, almighty God. And Lord, we just ask that you would fill us afresh. Come on, just ask him right now to baptize you afresh, to fill you afresh with his Holy Spirit and his power. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Fresh anointing, fresh power, fresh spirit of God. Almighty God, refresh us and renew us. Touch our lives today, Almighty God. with a purpose. Amen. And I declare over each and every one of you, you will look good on judgment day. You will live a life that has made sense in the scope of eternity. For those of you that maybe have wasted years, I declare that the Lord will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Those those years that have been consumed by sin, that the enemy robbed, he stole, he destroyed, he abused. There's a restoration that's coming. Lord, redeem the time. Redeem the time according to your word. Restore it back to us, almighty God. And we celebrate, Lord, all that you're going to do. You will get all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, boy, I could just hang out in this all day. But I need to let you guys go. Because you got to rest. we got a prophet that's coming tonight. It's going to be wonderful. Are you blessed today? Wow. Let me, uh, let me just speak a blessing over you right now. Can you just lift your hands and I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Today, I speak the blessing of God over you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Abraham was blessed in every way, may God bless you in every detail of your life. As God blessed Jacob, changing his name to Israel, may your name Christian cause you to be fruitful and multiply in all you set your hands to do. When you're tempted and tried, may you come forth victoriously just as Job, resulting in twice as much as you had before. As you raise your children in the admonition of the Lord, may they in turn grow up godly, bringing honor to your family name. When you honor God with your tithe, may financial and material blessing run you down and overtake you in every area. May the devourer be rebuked and annihilated while others rise up and call you blessed. As you wait on the Lord, obey his word and seek him above all else. May the blessing of strength, 
courage, protection, and favor be your reward. May the Lord watch over and guard your going out and your coming in. Kings Kona, may the Lord bless you and keep you and shine his light upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. 